November 3rd, 2021. This morning's class is donated by Jenny and Joey Levy in honor of the birth of their new daughter. We're in Masechet Rosh Hashanah and Daf Yod Aleph Amud Aleph. If you count up from where the lines first widen, 12 lines, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 12 lines up. Uh, three words onto line, Rabili Ezer Omer. That's what we're up to. If you recall, it's Mahlok between Rabili Ezer and Biyoshua on several issues but specifically about the dates of several issues. What we dealt with yesterday was the date of the creation of the world. The Gemara continues, and we saw it in the Beraita, the other disputes that they have. Right, the statement was that the forefathers were born in Tishrei, most specifically, Abraham and Yaakov, because right afterwards he explains that Yitzhak was born on Pesach. Shene Emar, how does he know that, the, uh, that Abraham and Yaakov were born in Tishrei? Shene Emar, Pasuk, in a very curious place. It's Pasuk by Hanukat Beit HaMikdash, in the time of Shilomo. says the Pasuk, Vayikahalu el HaMelech Shilomo, Kol Ish Yisrael, right, the people of Yisrael gather together uh, in order to coronate, in order to begin this Hanukat Beit HaMikdash. When do they gather with Shilomo? Be'yerach ha'etanim. They gather in the month, Yerach, Melashon Yareach, right, the moon, ha'etanim. That's an interesting and curious word. I have a cousin named Etan. I had a rabbi at one point, his name was Etan as well. Etan means strength, means Strength, so it was in the month of strength. Of course, we're going to understand that as a reference to the strength of our foundation, and the, or our foundation more specifically, and that is the Avot. But what month was this? Okay, you're describing it, you gave it some sort of nickname. It's the month of the strong ones. When was it? Behag is the next, next word in Pasuk. Of course, the Pasuk describes how it's right around or on Sukkot. It's in the seventh month counting from Nisan, which means that we're in the month of Tishrei, and the Pasuk in Sefer Melachim describes it as the month of the strong ones. And the strong ones we're going to understand and suggest a little bit more of an elaboration is Abraham and Yaakov. The month of Tishrei is the month of Abraham and Yaakov. Says the Gemara, let's flesh that out. The Pasuk it says that it calls it Yerach Hayetanim Behag. What's Yareach or Yerach, the month Shinodubo Etane Olam? It's this month, Etane Olam, the foundations, the strength of the world. We're envisioning that for good reason as Abraham and Yaakov. Okay, everything we've been assuming, as I've explained it to you, is that the word Etan means takif. Takif means strong, means set in place, means foundational. My mashma. How are you able to know that? I mean, you might have, I, I might have the cousin and the rabbi with that name, but uh, you have any textual evidence that that interesting word, we don't see all that often. Etan means strong, means foundational. After all, the Pasuk says, Etan Moshavecha. Pasuk talks about the Moshav, this is a Pasuk in Parashat Balak, and it says, Your Moshav will be Etan. So that's Bil'am, referring maybe to Yitro, according to our general understanding. A certain strength, your, your settling, your foundation has a strength, has that etan. Not enough, because we don't know yet that it's a reference to Abraham and Yaakov. We don't know that it's a reference to the forefathers. Ve'omer, shim'u harim et riva adonai etanim most de'aretz. The pasuk furthermore says, in Sefer Micha, shim'u harim, the mountains, so to speak, the strong beings should hear Riv Hashem, the Ha'etanim 
Moste Aretz. So there's what's called the Tikbolet. There's a symmetry in the Pasuk. The Pasuk first refers to mountains and then refers to Etanim. Uh, what's, what are mountains? They're such strong beings. What are Etanim then? Strong beings. It means the word Etan is a reference as well to strength. We imagine something as strong as a mountain. We look out at the window and you see mountains, you think about strength. That's power. So the Pasuk in turn says that as well. But that's still not enough because we still don't have a direct reference or even an implicit reference to Abraham and Yaakov. You have reference that this month was, again, why, why are we in the middle of this mess? The Pasuk that describes Tishrei calls it Yerach, the month of Etanim. Etanim. Oftentimes you'll see, you'll see that word now if you pay attention during Tishrei. Signs say, Be'yerach Ha'etanim. We still until today call it Yerach Ha'etanim because of that Pasuk. Great. What is that a reference to? Well, Etan says the Gemara is a reference to strength. It must be referring to Abraham and Yaakov. First and foremost, who told you it means strength? So we have several proofs already. But we have one last segment, and that will be as follows. We're going to use this word har, this mountain reference, which was directly linked up with the strength of Etan. And we're going to find elsewhere that in our understanding, a pasuk in Shir Hashirim, which talks about mountains, is referring to the Avot. So you understand? Now let's trace it backwards. Once you tell me a har is, quote, the Avot, which makes sense, is a certain strength, and a har is linked up to Etan, strength as well, and the pasuk describes the seventh month, the month of Tishrei, as being the month of Etanim, well, let's piece that all together and understand that this is the month of the mountains, but more specifically, the mountains representing the Avot. Ve'omer, kol dodi midalech al heharim mekapetz al That's the pasuk in Shir Hashirim. It's a reference to kol dodi, my beloved is coming. It is dancing or skipping on the mountains, jumping on or through the valleys. This is a pasuk, as Rashi explains, which is referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu bringing the redemption from Egypt quickly. So he sped up the Ketz HaGe'ulah, HaGe'ulah in the merit of the Harim and the Geva'ot, who were the Harim and Geva'ot. So to speak, God jumped and skipped and made a quick redemption from Egypt because of the mountains and the valleys. Who were the mountains and the valleys? Midalek al heharim b'schut avot. Mekapetz al gevaot b'schut imahot. The reference to the mountains is the avot. The reference to the valleys is the imahot. Why are those specifically the references? Not fully clear. It might have to do with the vision of, uh, you know, the, 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 let's call it the evarim of, of male and female. As a result, one being mountains and the other one being a gevaot. A, a giva, a, a valley. But again, when you piece it all together, most specifically for us, that's the derasha. Yerach ha'etanim, that seventh month, the month of Tishrei, is the month of the Avot, the month of the Harim, the month of Abraham and Yaakov. That's it. No, because the Pasuk says, Geva'ot are the Imahot. So we don't know about the Imahot. The Geva'ot, it's only the Harim, which are the Etanim. Valleys apparently are just not as strong as mountains. So. Anyway, it says the Gemara Rabbi Yoshua Omer, That was all the opinion of Bili Ezer. Bili Ezer said that the Avot, Abraham and Yaakov, were born in Tishrei. Rabbi Yoshua disagreed. Rabbi Yoshua told us they were born in Nisan. Shene Emar, another one of these Pesukim, a little bit uh, surprising. Also in Melachim, this is my Bar Mitzvah, Haftarah, Vayhi Bishmonim Shana, Ve'arba Me'ot Shana, Leset Bnei Yisrael Meretz Misraim, Ba'ashana HaRevi'it, Be'chodesh Ziv, period. So again, what does the Pasuk say? It says, well, 
we should maybe read the next two words or the next three words. Hu hasheni. So the pasuk describes specific year, specific time. We actually referenced this pasuk earlier when we were discussing Rosh Hashanah Melachim. The pasuk specifically is talking about the second month, second month after Nisan, which of course we call Iyar, and it refers to it as Chodesh Ziv. And the word Ziv means radiance, means light. All right, why would I refer to the month which immediately follows Nisan as the month of light? It's the month after which, immediately after, has to be the interpretation, one of two interpretations of Rashi, the lights, those who beam radiance to the world, were born. So, of course, they were born in Nisan. It means that the light is now spread in Iyar. So I trace that back just a bit, and I say, right when you're done with Nisan, you want to know what this month is? It's the month of light. Why is it the month of light? Because the light has arrived. Who's the light? Abraham and Yaakov. Alternatively, Rashi says, you see, the mo- the, and this will be important later in the Gemara, the months of the year are not only split up according to 30 or 29 day uh, segments, but they're also what's known as tikufot. In English, we'll call them seasons. In, he, in, in the Jewish calendar, we have four separate tikufot, and they're significant for different things uh, with regards to establishing months and, and so forth. And the tikufa, one of the tikufot, is known as the tikufa of Nisan. Now, again, it's split, split into four, it means they're three month segments. Now, exactly how and when it's going to be split, we'll call it the tikufa, the season season of Nisan, but sometimes it'll start a little earlier, sometimes it'll start a little later, based on the alignment of the lunar and solar calendar. Sometimes, explains Rashi, the Nisan Kufa will really begin a little bit more into Iyar. So as a result, the reference in the Pasuk, which is talking about, which is telling us about the month of Iyar, is technically, quote-unquote, the season time of Nisan. As a result, the Gemara, in referring to a Pasuk, which again, ironically, we're expecting the Pasuk to say that Nisan is the month of light. That's the Chodesh Ziv, filled with the radiance. Um, but it's talking about ER, a little bit of a letdown. You, you led me on to thinking that it would be Oshua, you are going to tell me about the month of Nisan. So one of two interpretations both found in Rashi. Either it's the month right after the radiance arrived, that's ER, but the radiance, the light arrives in Nisan. Alternatively, it's the season, it's right around that season time, and as a result, sometimes, quote unquote, Nisan, the Nisan season, will begin in ER. Those are the two suggestions of Rashi. Yes, Judah. Yeah. Well, again, the stretches are telling because the stretches tells you that more than anything, in my mind, we are looking for a significance and less for a proof in the Pesukim that I can, you know, take that and prove it forward. I think we have a concept and then we want to trace that backwards. You understand what I'm saying? So, for example, with the Biryat HaOlam, I described it to you as whether we're envisioning the world in terms of its governance, in terms of the way it exists, as a world of Deen or the world of Rahamim of sorts, right? That's the difference between Tisha and Nisan. Something similar along the lines of the Avot. When we turn back and we envision the Avot, these are individuals who are the foundations of our existence or the existence as we know it. Now, how am I going to associate that? I can in two both appropriate 
ways. I can either envision that vis-a-vis their direct correspondence involvement with God. I would call that a tishrei involvement, right? Tishrei is the beginning. Tishrei is when you speak to the founder of the business, when you speak to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Nisan is alternatively the next time, the time of the national uh, birth time. So it's just a perspective thing and, and it stretches from Biri'ah down to establishment Biri'ata Am in terms of what is my perspective of life? How am I supposed to envision my engagement, if, if you will, in a, in a little bit of a different direction? Uh, more than once I've pointed out, as, as, as many points out, Bereshit, Perek Alpha, and Perek Bet describe two different mandates, two different commands for humanity. Bereshit Perek Aleph describes how we are placed, or Adam was placed in this world, Zacharun Nekeva, together with his wife, and they are told, conquer the world. Redu Kivshua, what are you supposed to be? As Rabbi Salvechik called it, majestic man. You're supposed to build hospitals, you're supposed to better the world. You're all over the place, you're supposed to play the role, so to speak, of God. That's what you are. Selim Elohim, it's mentioned over there. Bereshit Perek Bet is I'm going to place you in this community and I want you to be a community servant in finding me and appreciating my presence. Two different things, but both what define who we are. What's your core objective, so to speak? Is it the Tishrei of Bereshit Perek Aleph of, quote, mimicking the way of God? Is that who we envision in the Avot? Certainly. But is that their core? Or alternatively, is it the Nisan? Is it the involvement with others? One other Midrash along those same lines. I want to talk about this Midrash tonight. In a similar context, the Midrash says that there's two opinions. Rashi quotes it as two opinions as to how Adam Harishon in Perek Bet, the description, was created. Was it from the dust? Dust of the ground, certainly. Was it the dust of the four corners of the earth, or was it the dust under the Mizbeach on Har HaMoriah? Well, what's the difference between those two? That's two completely different visions, all of which we have to define ourselves by. Is it majestic, Perek Aleph description? We're all over the place, and we need to be all over the place. Alternatively, do we find our core? I mean, they're both true, of course. It's a question of perspective, of which way we're going to envision it. Again, you know, they, these... Majestic being the Mizbeach? No, majestic being the four corners. Mizbeach is what we call kavanantal, meaning berit. It's your direct connection with God in the smaller communal sense, in the synagogue, in the midrash, and so forth. Both true. The question is, when you think about the avot, when you think about creation, when you think about who you are, you're certainly sometimes one and other times the other. You're going to be able to envision your life as twofold. This was the context of a different conversation. I think I mentioned it here. I mentioned it somewhere. I was trying to get this sort of point across once to a student. So I says, I don't know what you're talking about. You're talking about different visions. I said, when you choose a job when you're older, how are you going to choose the job? So he says, I don't know, whichever job makes a lot of money for me. I said, wrong, wrong it. He said, come on, be practical. I said, okay, I'm being practical. Well, let's say you have the ideal opportunity to choose a job. How are you going to choose your vocation? What are you going to do? I said, and leave being a rabbi and doctor out of it. All right, because uh, those are too easy in terms of direct involvement with bettering society and people. How are you going to choose your job? You're going to, I hope, I said to him, and I know it might not be so simple and you don't have that ideal opportunity, but in getting involved in something, you want to have a twofold perspective. You want to, A, say, how can I, through this, even if it's just through making a lot of money, how can I better others? That's a Bereshit Perek Aleph. That's a Tishrei involvement. That's godlike, quote, unquote. 
Bereshit Perek Bet is, and how am I going to get personally closer to God? How am I going to, with my, in my family, in my community, draw closer to God from this? That's the description. More than anything, Judah, I can't go so much further, but that's, that's my vision of the difference. More than anything. That's good enough? All right. Says the Gemara Ve'idach. Now we're going to challenge the two opinions. Now that one of them is Doresh, Rabbi Li'ezer is Doresh, from that initial Pasuk of Yerah Ha'etanim. We're going to turn to Rabbi and ask him, how do you define that Pasuk? And Rabbi Li'ezer, your Doresh from Chodesh Ziv, how are you going to define that Pasuk? Excuse me, how do you explain how do you explain the Chodesh Ziv? Did I skip a line? Yes, I skipped a line. Says the Gemara, wait a second, the second opinion, how do you explain that first Pasuk of Yerah Ha'etanim? Again, as Judah said, it was a little bit of a stretch to say it was a reference to the Avot. I got it. You have a different interpretation. Why is the seventh month known as the month of strength? Says Rabbi Yoshua, of course, because the month of Tishrei is very strong in terms of its mitzvot. Think about the biblical mitzvot, the mitzvot min Torah. You have the most in Tishrei. You have Shofar, you have Yom Kippur, you have Sukkah, you have Lulav, you have Chibut Arav, you have Arava in the Mikdash. Says Rashi, each of the have Nisuchamayim, Rashi adds as well. You have lots of mitzvot. As a result, it's known the month of strength, not because of the people per se that were born then, but because of the mitzvot. But wait a second, what about Yurbi Eliezer? How do you explain Behodesh Ziv? Yeah, there's radiance, there is light. There's not light in the Avot perspective, light, so to speak, for the entire world in this metaphysical existential sense, but there's rather light for the growth of the uh, trees. Look at the trees. It almost looks as if they're radiating light. Look in the month of Nisan when you live in Israel, I suppose. How so? After all, the Amar of Yehuda, Rav Yehuda's statement is, Hi man, a person whom the nafak, who goes out, Nisan, in the days of Nisan, and he sees trees, which are beginning to sprout and blossom, Omer should say a beracha, we call it, there's a which is a Bekata Shevach, in which you refer to the great creations and beautiful constructions, and, and, and you're specifically referring to the tree or trees that you see. It's called Bekata Ilanot, Bekata Shevach, you're praising God. Why is this being mentioned in our Gemara? Because the counterclaim of Rabbi Li'ezer is Chodesh Ziv is indeed a month of light. It's a month of light for growth out in the fields. Not in your sense, Rabbi Yehoshua, of the light of the Avot, but rather in the very mundane, this world sense. I go out and I see light because I see the growth. After all, don't we have that statement? Don't we have that beracha, which each of us are familiar with? It's bekatailanot, which takes place, says the Gemara, says Rabbi Eliezer. Specifically, it appears during the month of Tish- uh, Nisan. Is that so? What if you live in Australia and South America where your seasons are different? Must it be in Nisan? So certainly the Pasuk, you'll say, is a reference to the Pasuk, which says Chodesh Ziv, the, light of, the month of light, where the trees are blossoming is in Israel. That's easy. But what if the trees aren't blossoming? What if you live in Brooklyn and on certain years our trees just aren't blossoming then? Can we make the beracha later? What if you have a different type of seasonal uh, uh, alignment? And can you make it earlier? This is what the Mifashim do debate. Ritva, right here on the Gemara, suggests absolutely yes. He says, Nisan is the Berbahoveh. Nisan is the regular circumstance when you live in Israel. You live in a society, you live in a, in a community, in a world, in a place where it's not so, where it's in a different month. So then you do it in a different month. There are several other, what's that? 
with Shemu Malchut. The Gemara doesn't mention Shemu Malchut at all over here. It says Ritva, Kitzer HaKatub, Kitzer HaGemara. We say this Beracha with God's name, uh, certainly. We, as a matter of fact, and the, the, the cat in Sidur even helps us with this, we, even the people, myself included, who don't generally say Leshem Yehud, who don't have the mention of the Kabbalistic introductions, for Berkata Ilanot, we always have it. It's in the book. Why is it in the book? I'm certain this is the reason I haven't asked. I never asked your grandfather or you know, whatever. It's got to be the reason is because we're getting the whole congregation to go out and to make a and so to look at I don't know, 15 words or something. You got to build this up. Got to turn this into a scene. That's what my father told me when my father was when I was younger. I told my father, I've never heard you say this. And so all of a sudden he said, Look around. I'm going to say five five words and have everyone with me. So anyway, that's that's bekata hama. We have something similar as well. You know, every whatever. Anyway, um, okay. There's several other. Very very basic, brief issues with regards to Bekata Ilanot. Uh, so that was the first one. Must it be in the month of Nisan? Another one is, many people are familiar with the fact we always look for two trees. Why two trees? Did the Gemara say that? The Gemara said, Ilane. It's in plural. That's it. That's the sourcing for it being two trees. Now, of course, if you're telling me Nisan is Dibir Bahoveh, it's just telling me like that. Uh, Ilane is also not necessary in that respect, but it's normative. It's been codified. That's how the poskim assume that it should be more than one, even though that's never explicit in the Gemara. It's not even really in the earlier poskim. We accept it as Ilane. Who said it needs to be a fruit-bearing tree? So maybe the def- definition of the word ilan is fruit-bearing? Or who said it can't be a uh, cedar tree or something like that? But the Gemara does say demilav leve. A livluv is the beginning blossom of, of, uh, of a fruit, generally speaking. If you have to look at it, not often, but if you have the opportunity to look at, a, at an apple tree, you'll see it starts off at that flower-like state. That's the livluv, and only then turns into a fruit. So the assumption as well, although it's never explicit in the Gemara, is that it's a fruit-bearing tree. So the two and the fruit-bearing are never explicit in the Gemara. Nisan is, and we're less specific about it, halachot ketanot, or Yaakov hagiz, as a matter of fact, is one of the early ones to actually discuss. Must it be in Nisan? His words are not fully clear. Maran hachida tweaks them a little bit and suggests, as I said earlier, that it need not be, as Ritva said, in specific, specifically in Nisan. The last thing that I'll just call attention to is the Gemara does say, Hayman de Nafek, or Nafak. Nafak means to go out. Why do you go out? What's that a reference to? I mean, I didn't think I was going to find the trees in my home. Harambam's words are, you go out of the city and you find the trees. All right, I guess it's just a little less practical. But ideally, that's, and even some of the postgames say so, ideally you go out and you fly, I don't know, go to uh, the park or go to a place where there's a lot of trees. I'm not trying to take away from the way we did it. You saw I did it on the block. I mean, it's Yosef. But ideally, and it makes a lot of sense. You're looking for Shevach Ta'akadosh Baruch It's not just from the trees that are growing in someone's backyard. You're trying to be overwhelmed by the magnificence of this circumstance. You go out, you leave the, you leave the city and go to the countryside. All right, that's the Gemara. Continues the Gemara. Lehitnaot or lehanot. That's a grammatical issue which I will not be able to help you with. But the Gemara does say lehitnaot and we say lehanot. Great question. Don't know. Double check it. Uh, As I recall, Shohan Aruch has this language and we still say lehanot. What's that? Rashi has? 
No, Rashi is just defining. Rashi's defining, and ironically, that's how we have the Nosach, the Beracha. Yeah. Says the Gemara onward, Manda Amar Benisan Noledu, Benisan Metu, Manda Amar Betishrem Noledu, Betishrem Metu. Says the Gemara, you should know that each of the opinions of Biliezer and Biyoshu are consistent with regards to when the death of the Avot was as well. They don't only argue that's the birth. It's going to be the same month in which they're born that they die. So as a result, it's really one Mahlok. Are they born in Nisan and therefore die in Nisan? Are they born in Tishrei and therefore die in Tishrei? Who said? Moshe turns to Bnei Yisrael and he says to them, Ben Shana Anuchi Hayom. He turns to the people and he says, I am 120 years old today. Hayom. You don't see that often in the Torah. It's a strange reference today. Say, I'm 120 years. I'm going to pass away. I'm not able to lead you any longer. What's Hayom? What's that extra word today? The reference is that Moshe is telling Am Yisrael, today, literally today, it's Zayin Adar, my years and days to the day have been filled. I'm exactly 120 years old, and as a result, I know my passing will be today. We learn from this, says the Gemara. HaKadosh Baruch Hu fills out the days and lives of Sadiqim to the day and to the month of their birth. After all, it's Pasuk and Sefer Shemot, in a little bit of a different context. The numbers of your days, I will fill. Now, what's the significance of this? Judah might ask now. What's the significance of dying on your birthday? It's, uh, it's nice, it's symmetrical, but what's the idea? Tell me that the righteous people, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, pulls it off for them in such a way. Now, what's the idea? Not fully certain. My suggestion goes as follows. It begins with, first and foremost, there is a rabbinic conception the Hachamim have in places that there are certain years allotted to each of us, which means to say, in some sort of fashion, you have a number appended to your name as to how long you're going to live. Now, I imagine it as, as follows. I say, um, you know, let's say I'm uh, holding on to, I, I don't know, I, I have to watch something for a specific amount of time. When I hit that time, it's true, I could hold on to it for a little bit longer, but if my time has come, I just leave it now. You asked me, you paid me, ten, uh, paid me to watch your uh, house for uh, three days. I'm into the third day. I'm done. I'm out of here. You're not back from the airport wherever you went. I'm t- I don't, this is not my responsibility any longer. You asked me for three days, that was my responsibility. Alternatively, if I'm actively and constantly involved in your home, I care about your home. I don't care just about feeling good, you know, the, the, the checking off the box of making it to three days on it. Well, in such a circumstance, I'm going to wait until the end of the day and make certain that you're fully back and settled before I leave. Do you understand the analogy? That's in turn, if we're arguing that God's involvement with the Sadiqim is one in which it's not just a granting of life. It's rather an active involvement with their life. It means he's going to hold it on until there's an absolute end. And that will be fulfilled. It'll be appreciated by us when we say, my goodness, he was actually there the whole time. How do I know? Because he filled it to the day. It wasn't just that the time came and it was done. God was involved from beginning until end. I see that. He was He was hanging on. He was watching him down till the very end, which I can appreciate by it being the same date. Okay, continues the Gemara and says, all right, that's Abraham and Yaakov, but Yitzhak, Bepesach Nolad Yitzhak Minalan. We 
had that reference, everyone seemed to agree to it, that Yitzhak was born on Pesach. How do you know? Kidichtiv, as the Pasuk says, La Mo'ed Ashuv Elecha. The angel turns to Sarah and says, I will to Abraham and says, I'll be back, La Mo'ed. Now, of course, the word Mo'ed means time. That's the simple interpretation. That's why we call the Mo'adim a Mo'ed. But the Gemara is going to make a dirasha as we expect it to, and it's going to read it as a Mo'ed, as in one of our three Mo'adim, Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot. Okay, so he says, I'll be back on the Mo'ed. Emat Ka'eh, where is he standing? He seems to be standing at some juncture of the year, which is a Mo'ed, and he says, on the next Mo'ed, is the understanding of the Chachamim, I'll be back. Ilema Pesach. Uh, to see, Rabbi knows his, his Rashi ala Torah. Rashi certainly tells us Lushi va'asiu got is because it was Pesach. The Gemara over here, as Tosafot points out, seems to be going in a different direction. Comes back to Joey Levy's question from yesterday. Indeed, it does. So I'm telling you that Rashi certainly writes that. It's a Midrash elsewhere. And Tosafot points out that our Gemara seems to be going in a different direction because the Gemara's initial suggestion is are they on Pesach time? Is it that time of the year? Ilema uh, be'Pesach uh, so maybe they're standing on Pesach, that's this Moed, and he says, I'll be back on the next Moed, when's that Shavuot? So wait a second, she's going to give birth in 50 days? Are you telling me she's going to give birth in 50 days? But it can't be that it's Pesach and she'll be back in Sukkot, she wouldn't say La Moed. It must be they're standing on Shavuot. And he says to Abraham, I'll be back in Tishrei, meaning Sukkot time. Still, not so many months. Akati means still. From month seven to month twelve or to month one, you're really dealing with five months until the twelfth. Into it. That's uh, indeed my thoughts as well. Mara says, you know, listen, she's done with her menstruation, which the pasuk tells us, so she's no longer ovulating. So there's a miracle over there, so you're telling me it can't be in this fashion? It appears as if she was most impressed, this is my response, she's most impressed by the fact that she says, I'm no longer ovulating, those are her words. She's not impressed by the date on which she's going to give birth. That's okay with her. So it's got to be that that was less miraculous, at least in the eyes of Sarah, as opposed to the fact that Harebiloti uh, so, Nava. Uh, so, okay, so okay, five months is odd. Rather, perhaps this, uh, this Bisora, this words from the Malach to, to Abraham, is on Sukkot, the Ka'amar line. In turn, he's saying on the next holiday, which is Nisan. Says the Gemara, still not that many months. Akati b'shita Still six months? Is that, uh, is that sufficient? In other words, is it sufficient for a healthy birth? Tana, says the Gemara, otashana That year, perhaps, was a leap year. Seven months. Says the Gemara, sof, sof. And seven months the Gemara will accept as a healthy birth or a natural birth, something that's not out of the natural, something that's not, so to speak, miraculous. That they'll accept, but it needs to be seven months. As a result, says the Gemara, sof, sof, ki madle mor yome tum'ah basre Wait a second, you're going to have to subtract at least seven days of tum'ah. Why seven days of tum'ah? Because according to the Midrash elsewhere, as Rashi points out, Masech Bava Metziah, she menstruated then, on that occasion. 
How do you know? Says the you know the Gemara. Bava Metzia. The Gemara says that Abraham says, "I'm going to go and get you all this food and ogot." He comes back and he doesn't serve them cake. What happened? Says Rashi. Says the Gemara because she menstruated at that time, and as a result, the dough was impure, and he couldn't serve it to them. Well, that being the case, if we're following all the rabbis' suggestions over here, I mean, she was a nida, means our seven months is not complete. If our seven months isn't complete, I'm back to the same question. This is a little too miraculous in terms of the description in the Pesukim. Amar mor zutra, afil amanda amar yoledet letish'ah, ena yoledet limkuta'in, yoledet lishiv'ah, yoledet limkuta'in. There's a mahloket elsewhere, kuta'in means less than that. And uh, so as a result, the description is if it's going to be a nine-month pregnancy, and there's an opinion who says, it shouldn't be, and it won't be, less than the complete nine months. In other words, you need to be into the full term in such a circumstance for health. When it's a seven-month birth, so even if it's a little less than seven months, they're speaking biologically in some way, well, it can be healthy. So even though I'm seven months minus a week, the vision is, well, that would be okay, even though in general we want the full term. We want the full term when it's nine months. When it's a seven-month birth, it's already a premature. Well, a week off would be okay. But six is not just a mkutain, I guess is the suggestion. It's a full month. I, listen, I, you know, I wish I could biologically argue. I can't, I don't, you know. Anyway, says the Gemara, how do you know that? So they're not going to say, go out and check it. They're going to say, we know that from, from the birth of Hana, right? The Pasuk says, The Pasuk describes the birth of Hana, right? The Pasuk describes... Now, the word kufa, as I told you earlier, is a reference to seasons. What's the minimum of plural seasons? Of course, it's two. Tkufot means two seasons. How much is two seasons? Six months. I told you each. I told you we have four seasons. We know that. Each one's broken into three months. Yamim would be days. What's the minimum of days? Two days. So the suggestion is Hana gave birth, not at six months, Nathan, but at six months and two days, six months and two days to Shemuel, and he was a healthy baby. Into the seventh month, chalas. That's the statement of the Gemara. That's it. That's how the Gemara derives the birth of uh, Yitzhak on uh, Pesach. Now, it's, there's, there's several interesting things, uh, none of which I'm going to spend all that much time on. But uh, one is these Midrashim. Joey was asking about them yesterday. Um, uh, Judah texted me about them. The Midrash, Rashi cites in the Torah that this was Pesach time. And the description of the Malach is Ka'et Haya, I'm going to be back, Ka'et Haya, which according to the Midrash, elsewhere, not our Gemara, they put a, a scrape into the wall and they say, when the sun is back on this place, meaning at this same time, we'll be back and there'll be a baby. It sounds like not a six month and one week thing. It sounds like the time of the Bisura is the time of the birth as well. But now you're telling me a little bit differently. You're telling me something along the lines of, this being just so uh, not fully clear, as I said, Tosafot debates this. And it's not going to be born. Usara Ben. I gotcha. When was their conversation? Is my biggest issue. That's the contradiction. Uh, so, 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 so
either this took place on Pesach, took place on Sukkot. Just really being brief about this. Tosafot at the end, it's a rare thing you have. It says Hagaha, the very bottom line. Hagaha means there's a note to Tosafot. Someone from the time of Tosafot or some period after wrote a note and attached it to Tosafot. We actually have this. We had this later on on Daf Zayin, if you recall, right next to Tosafot, there was this long note. Over here, it's, imagine it like a footnote. It kind of fills itself out at the top of the next page. It's an interesting thing. It's rare that you'll see this sort of thing. So over here it says, Shamati, so it's a later opinion, Devadai HaMalachim Ba'u Bepesach. This opinion is trying to keep each of those opinions, each of those two midrashim, both ours and the other one. The angels came on Pesach, as Rashi in the Torah has. That statement from God of, I'll be back on the holiday, on Tishrei. That was in Tishrei. So you understand? So it means they came on Pesach, but those words, I'll be back on the holiday, which our Gemara is talking about, is later on. That's on Sukkot, and in turn the birth is on Pesach. It's a clever reading. It's trying to keep everyone happy in terms of these Midrashim. Ultimately speaking, again, our Gemara makes this statement quite clearly. Yitzhak, as usual, is different than Abraham and Yaakov. Whereas Abraham and Yaakov, and I'll just very briefly say this in concluding, whereas Abraham and Yaakov, we know so much about their similarities. Just to mention one, Abraham and Yaakov are the herders. Abraham certainly is always running after his flock, always following his flock, dealing with his flock. Yaakov, at the beginning of this week's parasha, is Yoshef, eh, Ishtam Yoshev Ohalim. Says Rashbam, says Ibn Ezra. What does it mean, Yoshev Ohalim? They point to the Pasuk in Bereshit Perek Dal Pasuk Kaf. Over there, it refers to Yaval, and he was Avi Yoshev Ohel Umikne. To be Yoshev Ohel means to be a shepherd. Yaakov is a shepherd just like Abraham. What was Yitzhak? So Yitzhak certainly has flock, but we see in this week's parasha, Vayizrai Yitzhak Ba'aretzahi Vayimsa. The Pasuk describes how he works the ground. He's a little bit different. Abraham and Yaakov leave the land in order to deal with other matters. Yitzhak is told, absolutely not, and so forth. Yitzhak, it's no surprise over here that Yitzhak is a bit different than Abraham and Yaakov, whereas Abraham and Yaakov, the Gemara, will debate in Nisan or in Tishrei. Yitzhak, of course, was on Pesach. He's different. He's the miraculous type. He's the individual who stands apart from the other two avot. Many people will use the word givura in that context. We can and should envision it. I spoke about a birit milah of my son Yitzhak. However, we see fit. However, we understand the life of Yitzhak. But at the very least, it takes us a note. It's, it's no surprise that his birth in the eyes of the rabbis was on a different date in a different month than the other two avot. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.